0: With Hashem's assistance we are learning Gitin, in Daphim, hey, page forty five. We begin at the two dats. Hahu Avda there was a certain slave, the Arak Mechutzala Arts Arts, he ran away from outside of Israel, into Israel. Also Maria Basray, so his master ran after him. Also the Ami. So they came in from of Rabbi Ami and they asked him to decide on Lei. so Rabbi Ami said to him, Nichtev Khashora Adome, we're gonna write a document for his value, and state that the slave has to pay you the value of himself because of Legita Decherusa, and you have to go and write a document freeing your slave. And if you don't, we're going to force him out of you, you're not going to be able to keep him anyway. Based on the statement of Rabbi Achi, the son of Rabbi Achi, the Taniwilan de Rebrisa, the The verse says, "You're not allowed to let non-Jews live in the land of Israel because they may come to make you go off the path. They may make you sin." You might think that the verse is talking even about a person who is a non-Jew who has accepted upon himself not to worship idolatry. That's what the verse says. You are not allowed to go and return a slave. To his master. I show you not, someone that ran away from his master. What's the thing? What is? What do we do for him? He sits with you in your midst. So, what do we see? We see from that that a person who's a slave, he's considered, it sounds like, that he's a non Jew, but since he's accepted upon himself not to worship Avodah Zarah, not to worship idolatry, so therefore he's allowed to live with you. And from the continuation of the Gemara, it's clear that it's actually not talking about somebody who ran away from his master, as in, he was a slave, but rather, it's talking about someone who ran away from his, his getchka, his idolatry, he's no longer serving that master, the idolatrous master. So now, the Gemara says, v'koshle, the Reb so had a problem with this, ha-mim Av, mi or meim according to another girsa. It shouldn't say from his master, but if it's talking about some kind of gods, it should say either from his father, here which would mean from his father, which is considered this idolatry, or from his gods. And then we would know this, then it would be clear from the verse that that's what it's talking about. Al Amr Yeshia, Sir Yeshia says as follows, The verse is talking about somebody who sells his slave outside of the land of Israel. And therefore the verse is telling us that we should not return that slave to his master since he sold it to outside of Israel, he goes out free. Had a problem with this. It shouldn't say the, the one that will be going out to try to be saved towards you. If it's talking about where it's leaving Israel, so it should be talking about, it should be saying that he's trying to leave from you. And it doesn't say that in the verse. The verse doesn't sound like what you're saying. It says like this. The verse is talking about a slave who ran away from from outside of Israel into Israel so therefore that's what we're talking about and we're saying that you shouldn't return him to his master and that's why indeed the beginning of this story Rabbi Ami said that uh, this guy you can't, you can't have your slave back since you're, you're living outside of Israel and have ran to us here so therefore we don't return such a slave Tani have another bride so Le'Saskir uh, you shouldn't return a slave to his master. The, the verse is talking about a case where you bought some kind of slave and you intended to free him. So, if you did such a thing, you intended to free him when you bought him, so you must free him. What's the case? He wrote to him like this When I buy you, when I purchase you, so you are acquired to yourself from now. I Meaning he said originally, when he made the original document, he hadn't yet purchased him, but he was saying that it should work retroactively, from the time that I actually get you, it should work retroactively to the time that I originally was involved in buying you, and uh, you should get yourself even from then. <laughs> Rav Chizda had a slave who ran away to this place called Be'kutoy, and both Rav Chizda and this place, Bekutoi were outside of Israel. Shalach <laughs> He sent to them, Heli, send me back my slave. So they responded. They were simple folk, and they responded and said, "The verse says that you're not supposed to return a slave to his master." He to them, the verse says, You have to return a person's lost object, and, and the slave is considered a lost object, so please return my slave. So they responded again. The verse says, You're not supposed to return a slave to his master. So he sent to them, That verse is talking about a slave who ran away from outside of Israel into Israel. Into Israel. And since over here we're talking about both two, two places that are. Outside of Israel, so therefore you should send it back to me. And he sent them like this understanding of Rabbi why did, they, why did he send them this understanding of the verse because this was a more simple understanding of the verse as opposed to Rebbe's understanding who said that the case is talking about a case where you have a slave that was bought on the condition that he be freed and then we say you have to free him so instead of giving them a whole complicated explanation which the verses aren't so simply talking about that he gave them a simple explanation of the verses and that's, and that's what he sent them they were simple folk he gave them a simple explanation Abaye irkes lechamra bekutay. lost his mule and it went to this place called Bekutoi. Shalach lehu. He sent to them. Shadruoli, send it back to me. Shalach so leish simana. So they sent to him, send us some kind of sign. Shalach lehu. So he sent back de so chivra, de chivra krayse as a white stomach. Shalach lei ilad anachmeniat lehamah drona. If not for the fact that you're the famous Nachmeni. Remember, Abaye's name was Nachmeni, meaning you're a, you're a very good person, a person who wouldn't lie. So we wouldn't have sent it back to you. Aren't all mules, their stomachs are white. Meaning it wasn't really a great sign, but since it was the great Abaye, so they knew that he wouldn't be lying. Masis so when we begin the Mishnah. We do not go and redeem someone who's captured more than their value, because there's some kind of fixing, we're going to see what that is in the Gemara. And we do not help captive people run away, and also for some kind of fixing of the world. It's nothing to do with fixing the world, but rather has to do with the people who are still left captives, they're going to be treated in a not nice way after this guy runs away, so therefore we don't help somebody escape from prison. I'll ask you a question What does it mean in the first case That says that we do not Go and redeem someone who's captive For more than their value What is the Tikkun Siburahu? Is it because of the fact that We can't afford to keep going And, and redeeming somebody For all this money, they're they're asking an exorbitant fee. The first issue has to do the fact that we're afraid that we shouldn't have to make a whole big difficult situation for the tshibur, for for the public. However, the second version is that they shouldn't. We want to prevent them if they see how much money they can get that they'll keep doing this and keep capturing people. We bring a proof: the Levi Bardarga. There was a man named Levi, the son of Darga, parke lebrante So he was someone who was very wealthy, and he went and he spent thirteen thousand golden coins in order to redeem his daughter. Amar so Rabbi, said, Umman lemol and Khamimabad so what kind of proof is that from the fact that he did it it's not a good proof of the fact that you're allowed to do it maybe who said he did it even with the permission of the rabbis Dilma maybe he did it against the will of the rabbis so it's not a good proof that that's permitted and it's not a good proof that has to do with the, de tzibura, the fact that uh, the public will not be able to bear such a heavy burden so he said, you can't go and, uh, and help a captive run away. Because of some kind of... And R.S. says that the issue has to do with the people who are going to get ill-treated, who are still there and still capt- captured. What's the difference between these two understandings? There's a difference if there's only one person there. If there's only one person there who's been captured, so according to Rabbi so we don't have to worry about the other people who are captured. So you're allowed to go and save the person who's there. But if the issue is takkanas ha'olam, we need to fix the world, so what's the issue? The issue is that at some future time when they capture somebody, they're going to be much more careful and they're going to be much more strict and stringent on the person who they've captured. So, so we wouldn't even save somebody now for a different case, not just this case. So, so that would be even true if you're talking about only one person. Nachman, the daughters of Rav Nachman, and Kedira, They used to mix the soup with their hands, even though the soup was boiling hot. Koshle so Rav Ilish couldn't understand how they were able to do that. Because the only way that he assumed that they could do that is if they were tremendous righteous women. And he knew that there's a verse, the verse says like this, I found one in a thousand people who are righteous. However, the verse says that Kohelas, uh, Ecclesiastes, which is referring to Shlomo HaMelech, Solomon. So he said, I never found tremendously, perfectly righteous woman. So, so how could these women be that way? So what's, what did Shlomo mean if you have these daughters of Rav Nachman? elsa Vishtavion so because of this question that he had something happened, and they were both captured, both these daughters of Rav Nachman and Rav Ilish was also captured. one so one day he was sitting, sitting with another guy who was captured there, the Hava the and this other guy he knew how to speak the language of the birds Asa urva, some raven came the and was calling to him So Rav Ilish said to him what's he saying Borach, Ilish Borach. The raven is saying that, Ilish, you should run away, you should run away. Amar uva shikrahu, So Rav Ilish said, a raven tells, tells lies. The marshal brings down because like the story of Noach, the raven didn't get too far on his mission, he just came right back. So I, I can't depend on him. hachi, A dove came, the kakarya, and it was calling out, Amar leh amrah. So he said to him, what is it saying? Amar Ilish brach, Ilish brach. So the 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 dove was also saying he should, he should run away. Amar so revealish said of Israel, ki matila. The people of Israel are compared to a dove. So if the dove is speaking, it's going to tell the truth. So it must be that some kind of miracle is going to occur. He said, let me go see if these daughters of Rav Nachman have remained faithful, meaning they, it was for sure, explains the Mashad that they were doing something, that they had been you know, raped, but he wanted to find out if they were indeed faithful to their husbands and they were doing it against their will, and he said, if, they, if they're remaining faithful, then I'll bring them back. Omar Nashi, so he said to himself, "Women, call me like the Isla who sajron Any matter that they they have, so they discuss it with each other in the bathroom. Sham inu, So he went behind their bathroom. Sham The kaamran. So he heard them saying as follows: These men, these captors, are like our husbands, and our original nahardayan husbands are also our husbands. Let us tell our captors that they should take us far away from here. So that our husbands don't come, with the and that they shouldn't hear about what's going on and redeem us. Come, Orak, So he got up. He said, "Oh my gosh, I got to get out of here. I can't help these women. They're obviously not okay." So he got up and he ran away. And so he and the other man, the man who understood the language of the birds, so they went to try to escape. So he had some kind of miracle occur to him. And he was able to pass over the river. However, the other guy, they they caught him and they killed him when the daughters of Rav, Rav Nachman came back, meaning they were eventually redeemed against their will, Amar Ilar said, Habakobash and Kijrib They said they were able to mix the soup. The boiling hot soup with their hands is because they were doing it. They were not they were not righteous women, but rather, they were doing it with sorcery. We have a if a non Jew is holding some kind of holy books, some kind of tefillin or mezuzis, so you can't pay more than their value from them, we turn it to page 45b, because if we're going to fix the world. And Rashi explains that it's either because of the fact that we don't want to force the Tzibur, the public, to have to spend a tremendous amount of money on them, or because. We don't want this to happen again in the future, where the non-Jew goes, and he thinks you can always be extorting money out of the Jews. All we see is that more than its value, you don't buy it back from the non-Jew. But if it is for its value, you do indeed buy it. this would prove, say if you have some kind of Torah scroll that's found in the hands of a non-Jew, you're allowed to read from it. Because otherwise, why are you buying it? Stigmar says no. Dilman Lignois, maybe the reason that you're buying it is not to actually be able to use it, but rather to properly store it away. So that's something that we would indeed spend the right amount of money on it for. Omar of Nachman, of Nachman says, and we take on, Sefer Torah if you have a blasphemer who's written a Sefer Torah, you start if it needs to be burned. If it's written by non-Jew, you gunnaize. So you put it away in storage. If let's say you find a sefer Torah in the hands of a blasphemer, you gunnaize. So we don't assume that he wrote it, and therefore you're allowed to put it away. If he did write, write it, by the way, Sirashi says that the reason that it's, you have to burn it is because every time he wrote the name of Hashem, or every, uh, when, while he's writing it, he's thinking about his his avodazar, his idolatry. However, if it's found in the hands of a, of a non-Jew, there are those who say that you have to hide it away, you have to store it, and there are those who say that no, you can actually use it. If you have a Torah scroll that was written by an Yisarif, so one version says that you have to burn it. With Tani Idach, you have another version of the yiganez, that you store it away and there's a third version which says that you can actually use it, and it's not a problem, and it's not a problem, so if this is what we said, that you have to burn it, it's Rebbe the Amar who says, that a non-Jew, whenever he think, whatever he's thinking about, he's always thinking about his idolatry, is the one that says that you hide it away, you don't burn it, it's the following, it's the following, that Rav Amnona, the son of Rabbah, had the following brisa. in Pashurunya. He was from this place called Pashurunya. Sevrit Torah Tefillin A Torah scroll Tefillin or mezuzah that were shakasvun min umaser avikachavim. Some kind of blasphemer or a person who gives over Jews to the government or a non-Jew ve'eved or a slave isha a woman ve'kotn a child ve'kusi a kuthai v'yisrael mumer and a Jew who's gone off the path of Torah psulen. They're they're no good. Shenar as the verse says Ukshartem Uksavtem that you must tie, this is talking about the Twilling, you must tie them and write them. Kol she yeshne yeshne Since the verse puts the two words together, Ukshartem and Uksavtem, tying and writing, so whoever is involved in tying, so he's also is, has the ability to write it. Kol she but anyone who does not have the ability or the mitzvah, of the commandment or doesn't do it, who's not tying, so he can't write it, or she can't write it. V'hah detanya, this I would be said. Karin, by the you can indeed use it. Hi, Tanya, it's the following brayso. Detanya, we learn the brayso. Lech en suvarim min ha'aydek ha'chavim. You can buy a scroll. A uh, safer from a non-Jew, bechal makom anywhere. Well, vachte yuxuv and as long as they're written properly, There was a story of a certain non-Jew, Sidon, who was in this place called a sheyakaisuv for him that he knew how to write sefer Torah, the Torah scrolls. We hit them, shimingam lel lichachem and we shimingam said it's okay to buy from him. So he holds that only the hide needs to be processed for the right purposes, but the actual writing doesn't have to be done for the right, with the right thoughts in mind per se. Tatanias we learned in Abraisa, Tzipan Zahav, if you covered up your tefillin with a layer of gold, or you use you covered, it sounds like you, the actual boxes of the tefillin you made out of, the, out of the skin of a non-kosher animal. Psulos, it's not kosher. Or Tahira, as long as you used the skin of a kosher animal, Ksherus, it's fine. Obviously, even though you hadn't originally processed those hides for the right reasons, it wasn't made originally for tefillin, nevertheless, it's okay. says, The only way that you can use those hides is only if they were originally processed with the intent that they were going to be used for tefillin. Amarabh Bar, Bar Shmuel says Beger that what's the case why is it okay why did Reb say that it was okay to use this thing that was written by a non-Jew because actually we're talking about a person who had been a non-Jew he converted to Judaism and then he went back off to become a non- he acted like a non-Jew again and therefore he knows about the concept of L'Shema and he was writing it for the right purposes so the Gemara says wait if you went off the path call Sheken the Havi le-min. he's considered like a blasphemer so why is it kosher it should be burned we should assume that everything he's doing he's writing it for, uh, for some kind of idolatry Suravashi says no the reason why he went back to be coming to acting like a non-Jew is because he was afraid that uh, the other idolaters around him perhaps would kill him if he was acting like a Jew so therefore he did it out of fear not because he would, became a blasphemer he has the right thoughts in his heart but when in the end all he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing Tanarabonan. We have a brysa. You do go and pay over for a small amount more. My tarpik, what's this small amount that we're talking about? Amar of It's a istara, which is a half of a dinar, I believe. That's what Rashi says. There's a certain... Arab woman, the icy chaisa the twili. She brought some kind of sack with twili inside of it, La in front of a baye. And he and she wanted him to pay, him for, pay her for it. Obviously, so he said to her, "I want you to give me the set of twili, and I'll give you some dates." Meaning, he said, "I'm going to give you not very much for it." She got really upset. Obviously, she knew that it had more value than that. She took it and she threw the twili into the into the river. Omar, so Abayah said about himself, I should not have put it down so much in front of her, the tefillin meaning I shouldn't have made it seem like they're not so valuable. And uh, then that we would have prevented any kind of kill some kind of destruction that happened. If someone divorces his wife because he hears that she's been promiscuous, he's not allowed to remarry her. If let's say he divorces her because of the fact that she's making too many vows, he's not allowed to remarry her. Rabbi Yehuda, I remember Rabbi Yehuda says Kol mm-hmm. When do we say that he can't remarry her? Only if it was a it was a, a vow that was made in public, everyone knew about. But But if people didn't know about it, it, was something that she had vowed privately. Yachzir, is allowed to remarry her. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir says Kol any any kind of vow that she made that, that couldn't be annulled by a rabbi who checks into the matter, so then he's not allowed to remarry her because we're afraid that she that at some point he's gonna say, Oh, if I had known that that she could annul it, we could annul the vow through some rabbi, then I wouldn't have I wouldn't have given her together in the first place. And what's gonna happen is you're gonna have a, a, a major problem because now she's gonna have gone and married someone else and then it will come out that retroactively get was given by mistake, because he didn't realize it, so we say to him, you cannot go and remarry her again so he knows that what he's doing is final he doesn't make a mistake however, if it doesn't require any kind of uh, it can't be fixed by a rabbi who's looking into the matter, the vow can't be cancelled, so then he is not allowed to remarry her Reza says that they did indeed say by both cases that you can't remarry her Rabbi Yehuda says like this. There was a story in this place called Sidon, Someone said to his wife, he made a vow that, he, that if, he made a vow on some kind of something, and he said that it's, it's forbidden to me if I don't divorce you. And then he went and he divorced her. And the rabbis allowed him to remarry her. For a Tikkun oelim, we'll see more about this in the Gemara. Exactly what the explanation is. We'll continue from here in the next daily daf.